welcome to episode 65 of Penny Red. My name is Daniel Hodges, and today I've got the number one friend of the show. I have Sean Hayworth back, Penny Red. Yay, Sean Hayworth. Yay! I think I've been on more shows of yours than any other guest so far. I think you're right. I think you just I think you just pipped Epidiah Ravishol for uh, for for the most um, with today's broadcast. So excellent, excellent. So um, just for um, it's been a busy day uh, with one thing or another. So I'm not sure exactly how long this is going to go. Plus, I've got lots of children running around upstairs demanding attention and food and oxygen and stuff that little children seem to want mostly when they really can't have need it. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so overrated food, 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 sleep clothing you know all that type of stuff that's right i uh i i I spray painted my sealed my my deck which is not very interesting at all except for i think possibly when i say deck it sounds like i'm saying dick um for people that are not from new zealand or people from new zealand are going you sealed your deck what Um, (laughs) and uh i was surrounded by a miasma so I don't ever often have a ch- the opportunity to use that word of, of mosquitoes. It was, it was diabolical. But anyway, enough boring uh, stuff like that. Let's go straight to Torchbearer. Sean's going awesome. to do some of the heavy lifting here, and I can, and I can sit back and listen. Uh, tell us all about the character generation and what you were able to reverse engineer regarding the, the system and the game itself. Uh, so there's there's still a bunch of stuff that, uh, that we've only guessed at and then later found was totally wrong. Uh, right. But uh, if you if you played Mouse Guard, uh, the character creation system is very similar. Um, where basically uh, it's it's a little more streamlined in this, uh, and and very old school D anD D. Like you pick your class, uh, which has your race bound up into it. So if you're playing right. a fighter, then you're playing a human fighter, uh, right. and then it proceeds to ask you a bunch of different questions. You know where where is your character from, and that will give you like certain skills and, and, uh, right. uh, you know, ask, ask what you'll do in certain situations, uh, depending on your class. And that will, uh, uh, that will bump up or lower certain stats or, or remove, uh, add or remove traits. Right. Uh, so there, it's, it's, it took a long time. The first time that we did it, uh, maybe an hour, uh, we had four players, playing so for all four of us doing it at the same time it took about an hour uh but that was without ever having seen the rules before uh being able to just like sit down and look at it and go through and make a character would probably take about 10 minutes uh which is nice because i'm used to playing burning wheel where we're like awesome let's burn our characters and we will come back next week and play once all is done yeah yeah i, I talked uh, i think i mentioned that a, a few times but uh so long ago now it's probably worthwhile for any new listeners my number one pet peeve in role playing is uh probably what you just described going along pumped for a game and then and then making characters and then coming back coming back next week now i understand that but part of that is the character generation, at least with Burning Wheel and, and perhaps for other games, where this is the case that you're sort of setting up stories for the future, right, and putting your character background together. Yeah, well, and it's it's kind of a game in and of itself. Uh, right. The 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 philosophy there is that creating characters and the setting and all of that is part of playing the game. So yes. you're not actually like doing this other thing and then coming back to play the game later. You're still you're still doing the thing that you need to be right. That you need to be doing, but uh, Torchbearer oh, no. is much, much quicker. Uh, right. You know, well, I think once people get a handle on on how characters are, are built, it'll go super quick, quick enough that in case somebody dies, they can make up a character while everybody else is in town, and then by the time it's, you know you're you're able to go back into the dungeon, uh, you should be able to have a, a fresh, clean character already right. to uh, to suffer. And is that part of it? Like you're supposed uh, to expect your characters not to last very long, kind of like Game of Thrones style. I it's uh, it's it's weird. Um, the the game is even even with us screwing stuff up uh, mm-hmm. is is pretty brutal. Um, right. I think uh, so. It, it uses much like Mouse Guard. It uses the condition system. Uh, apparently, there's a secondary hit point system that you use in. Uh, in the extended conflict mechanics, we haven't gotten a chance to to see or play right. with those at all right. yet. Uh, but for the, for the most of the simple stuff, it's the um, when when you when you fail a dice roll, uh, then the GM has the option of letting you succeed 
but giving you a condition like tired and tired or hungry and thirsty or afraid mm. or injured, something like that. Right. Uh, uh, or, you know, introducing a twist into the game, like you have to fight a monster or something, right. uh, which means that you failed and now you have to deal with, with this thing. Right. Okay. So there are consequences for, for failure. And then, um, do you think that the speed for making up a character like you sort of alluded to before gives you a pretty good indication that, you know, you maybe you shouldn't expect them to hang around for, for all that long? Is that, uh, right? I, th I think, uh, I think it depends. Um, right. it, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, so dead is a condition in the game. Right. Uh, and, and it being in condition implies that it's a reversible thing. Yes, you can recover yeah, you were from saying all last time, yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, it, it, it would make sense to me. And this is, uh, this is only judging by how I think Luke and Tor would have designed this game. Uh, that resurrecting somebody probably comes with a high cost. Uh, right. And there's a good chance that you have, you know, delved into, into a dungeon, like gotten all the loot you can, barely escaped with your lives, and one of your companions probably didn't. Uh, right. You get back to town, sell all your stuff, uh, I believe this actually happened to Adam Coble from uh, uh, from Dungeon World, right? Uh, where like somebody took him, like sold all of his personal stuff, sold his armor, everything, right. uh, and then blew the entire wad resurrecting him. Right. <laughs> so he comes back, but he comes back with nothing. Yeah. So uh, like back to square one. <laughs> right. Right. Which which really like. <laughs> there's a certain amount of yay i'm not dead oh we have to go back in <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like scrounge for that one bag of measly copper right we right. need to do it uh yeah when uh when we played um we uh we were going through the the classic uh temple of elemental evil dungeon right. uh or adventure yes. uh and we we only had one uh, one fight with a giant spider, uh, right. which we won. But in the in the course of play, I think everybody wound up with at least one condition. Uh, my character uh, got a, a new condition called Afraid, uh, right. which is terrible. That is the that is the worst condition ever because uh, <laughs> you you can no longer help your companions because uh, you're because you're too busy like cowering back in the corner. It's it's Can you awful. fix that condition, or is that are you afraid uh, forever? Well, you uh, there's uh, so the the game is split into three three phases, uh, right. kind of like Mouse Guard has the player's turn and the GM's turn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Torchbearer has the the uh, I think it's called the adventure phase, which is basically when you're in the dungeon getting beat mm -hmm. up, uh, yep. and then eventually uh, you will have ground yourself down so much that you have to. Uh, you have to make the decision whether you want to try and escape the dungeon and go back through all that crap you just went and go back to town or make camp. Uh, right. And when you make camp, you can you can spend uh, you can spend your resources to to recover from uh, from conditions. Right. Uh, uh, and uh, there's random tables where you get to roll and and see like if any terrible things happen when you make camp. Uh, right. Luke, Luke was telling me that it, or. Not telling me personally, but telling uh, telling a story about how his his current group, uh, like they they made camp and then he rolled on the uh, on the random table and it turns right. out that that was uh, that area happened to be like a monster spawn point. <laughs> so they like <laughs> go out and they set up their camp. They're like, awesome! We've just gone through a whole bunch of crap. Finally, yeah. we can we can stop. And then like two ogres come in and bust mm. up their camp. They can't rest there. They're like, ah. <laughs> So uh, you, you mentioned the Temple of Elemental Evil. Um, is it ex uh, not necessarily expected, but is it easy enough to do that? Is it suggested that you do do that? Like you use D and D modules? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's explicitly suggested, but it's kind of a fun experiment because right. uh, it it has the same feel as those those mm. old modules. You know, right. delving through dungeons and, and like just just suffering to get like a measly bag of, of, yeah. you know, copper from, you know, from a sewer somewhere. Right. Uh, the, uh, the thing that it does is it streamlines out things like, uh, 
you don't have to have a super accurate map like you do in in D anD D because you're not counting squares. You're not dealing with right. that. You're dealing with with areas in general. So uh, I don't know how familiar you are with that uh, with that old module. Some of your listeners might. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty familiar with that. I've, I've played that. I've actually relatively recently. I got some oh, really, okay. I got some questions about that. Yeah. Um, my first question is, why is it that the like the first sort of like monster thing is just like right outside Homlet? Like, why is that? Like, uh, it's like there's some monsters over there. You can see them if you look. They apparently, <laughs> don't bother coming into town ever. But look, if you look carefully, you'll see the. And I was just thinking, like, really, it's that. That doesn't seem very right. I mean, maybe I misread the scale or something, but it looks like it's just like literally you could throw a stone standing on your porch at the at the monsters in the. And oh, well, uh, I, if if uh, judging by what we did, like the the first the first adventure is there's the village and then there's the moat house, which is like I don't know yes. six hours ride away. Uh, the moat house is six hours ride because on the map it looks like it's right next door. Is there a uh, split scale on there somewhere that like I managed to miss? Possibly, I, I don't remember. I'll, like, I'd have to go back and, and read it, and I've been trying not to. Uh, like, I, I want to because I'm really curious about like how right. to how to do all the the conversions and, and right. whatnot. Uh, but we're also running the module, so I'm like, I don't want to cheat. Right. Uh, so I don't remember. It's it's not very far. It's less than a day outside. Mm. Uh, but I, I know that I the think, temple is the temple is far, but the mo- I thought the mo- anyway. You go. Yeah. I've got it right. I've got it. She could put my hand on it in about two seconds right now, but just because you want it to be a secret, I won't do that. But yeah, I, 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 I just, I just remember that they're, you know, they're basically like, hey, there's some old ruins over there, and mm. stuff might be going on, but no, like, there's a monster over there. Like, you get over there, and of course, there's monsters because right. it's D and D, and when yes. you go into a dungeon, there's monsters in there. Right. Uh, but I, I don't remember it being like, oh, uh, there's a lot of giant things in there, like. there's some giant frogs outside. I was attacked by a giant spider. Uh, And apparently these things aren't, uh, aren't anything more than a minor inconvenience for, uh, for the hordes of, of, uh, of uh, bandits that, that live. Maybe they're not giant, Sean. Maybe you're just small. I I could be very small. I was playing an elf. Uh, Oh dear. On purpose? I, I love elves. I love elves. Oh dear! <laughs> There's a support group for that. I know. I know. <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, was, you, overall, uh, overall, um, as an experience, and what what you're hoping to see, and uh, any things that you went, well, it'd be really cool if that happened. It turned out it didn't, so you wrote it down, and you're going to use it yourself in your own game in the future. Uh, I can't. I can't think of anything specifically. Uh, Sean Nittner was running it, uh, and and he and I are pretty uh, pretty much on the same wavelength as far as uh, as far as how things uh, like how things should be structured and run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we had some some like a little bit of confusion at first because in the adventure, like it starts out, oh, you roll into town, and then you go and talk to some people, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually you'll kind of wander your way over to the over to the moat house once you've uh, talked to the right person and collected the right clue. Uh, and we were like, this doesn't work with how this game functions. Uh, you, you can't go into the town and just start talking to people. It just doesn't, like, it doesn't work for the structure. So finally we were like, well, let's just start at the dungeon and work from there. Uh, and that made way more sense. <laughs> in terms of uh, just going back to the to not talking to people um when you say uh, you didn't talk to people is that because you didn't have all of the pieces so you couldn't really figure out what how that would actually look or is it like well you know that's not part of it so no there's right. a, there's actually a mechanical reason so uh right. so and and this is another one of those things that in mouse guard uh you have uh you have a resource called checks uh right. and and the way checks work is that when you are uh when it's the the player's turn, then you can spend those to uh, to sort of pursue your own agendas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's it's you pay you pay out a check and you get to make a, a roll to do something, right. uh, and that is uh, that's something that's in effect in Torchbearer as well. Uh, right. The big difference between the two games is in Mouse Guard you always start with one check for free. Right. Uh, in Torchbearer you start with zero. 
Uh, and trying to find a villager and talk to him is something that would cost you a check in order to do. Uh, but you don't have any. Uh, and so if you, I mean, yeah, you could, you could fudge it if you really wanted to. Uh, but it just seemed way more in the spirit of the rules to, uh, just start at the beginning of the, the exciting part, uh, get yourself beat up a little bit, uh, earn some checks. And then you can like, when you get back to the town phase, uh, you know, spend your checks there or spend them when you, uh, when you go to camp. Right. Okay. So will it take uh, the same amount of time as say, um, uh, like a burning wheel or a, or a mouse guard, or is it sort of a, is it almost, is it almost modular? Like, would you do all three phases in one night or would you just spread it out like in burning empires? Uh, no, I think you, you'd, you'd do all three of them most likely in one night, or at least two. Right. Uh, uh, things go fairly quickly. Uh, right. Because you're, you're, like I said, you're not, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to pixel bitch the, uh, the map like you do right. in D&D &D where you're like, right. oh, we're in this hallway. We have to mm. search the entire thing. Or we're in this hallway. We have to search the entire thing. Right. Uh, you, uh, you're only dealing with areas. So like, uh, to use the moat house for an example, like right. outside the moat house might be an area inside the courtyard, inside the tower, inside the, the thing, uh, the, the moat house itself. Right. Uh, like those all might be individual areas. Right. Uh, and you know, uh, a single test will find, you know, assuming that you, you, uh, you phrase your intent correctly. Uh, you know, I, I want to search for, for treasure in this, in this area. You'd roll, roll a test. And if you succeed, great, you found it. If not, uh, oh crap, giant spider on your head, uh, which is pretty much exactly what happened to me. Right. Okay. So, uh, what's the, do you, do you have any more, having done the character, um, section, um, you said you got some feedback about things you thought were going to happen in the rules. Did you also get some idea about, uh, when you were going to get, when the rest of the rules will be available, like you might be able to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I know that the, the hardcover, uh, like the full book should be available by Gen Con. I think that is, uh, that's, right, yeah. that's what Luke and Torv said. Um, right. I, the, I'm guessing that the PDF, the electronic version, uh, should be available sometime, sometime this summer. So sometime in the next couple of months, right. uh, They've uh, they don't have any stretch goals announced, but I know they've got a couple of other things coming. Right. Uh, excuse me. Um, there's uh, there's an adventure that's coming. Uh, I heard something about uh, Tor putting out a uh, a full on setting, which is uh, not not something that you usually see come out of Burning Wheel. Mm. Uh, mm. Which is which is kind of cool. It's a, it's apparently really good. Uh, right. so, uh, yeah. looking, looking forward to that and, right. and we've got a new class already. So, right. Excellent. Okay. Well, moving on from that, then have you seen Iron Man three? I have not seen Iron Man three oh, yet. Oh man. It is. I'm waiting, it is for, someone, I'm waiting for, for someone to talk to about it. Um, because, uh, yeah, well, I don't want to give anything. Well, it doesn't really give anything away, I suppose. So I, I guess I can say it, but, um, this is really cool, but at the start, and this is not, this is not plot at all, so it's not giving it away. But um, strangely, um, John Favreau is dressed up like Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction, and I want to know why. I know that you haven't seen it, so you won't know. But are you a comic book guy? Uh, not really. Uh, I I like I like certain things, but I tend to wait until uh, until things are out in trade paperback, so I don't follow right. like superhero comics. You know, I yeah. I love stuff like that are that are limited runs like Sandman or, mm. or Transmetropolitan, where there's a definite beginning, middle, and end. Yes. And once you've collected the whole thing, you just have the entire story. Yeah. Uh, but I've never like I I know superheroes peripherally enough to be able to be like, oh yeah, like yeah. I I I get the X Men movies, yeah. uh, and I understand why three was terrible. Uh, but but I am not. Uh, I am not well versed. It it took me a while to figure out what the what was going on uh, at the end of Avengers with the teaser. 
So. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that, was, cause I think that that was actually somebody's. Uh, I think that was actually somebody's bad guy. Was, was that Thanos at the end of the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no idea. Like, I was like, I recognized that character because I've seen, like, I've seen him on comic book covers or maybe like flipping through a comic book. But right. I wasn't familiar enough to. Know. He looked like a Mekon from from Dan Dare to me, but I'm, I don't. <laughs> I'm not an American comic book guy. So is is that bad news for the Avengers? Like, what does that what does that mean? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I apparently he's he's a super badass. So and he's uh, got I mean, like rings, right? Like, like this is a ring of time, and this is a ring of something or other, and this is a ring yeah, of something other else. That, that'll. Uh, I, I I think it was uh, Patton Oswalt has a really good uh, explanation of what what Thanos's deal is in his uh, epic uh, <laughs> filibuster scene. Oh, the filibuster uh, and uh, yeah, and Parks yeah, Recreation, yeah, yeah. They, he he does have a bit about Thanos and yeah, yeah. The Infinity Gauntlet. So yeah, right, right. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, so you're a Parks and Recreation guy. I, I've I've gone through what's available on Netflix. I never keep up right. with with anything like as it's coming out, aside right. from Game of Thrones, because I'm that guy. I still like swords. Yeah, and I haven't seen any of season. I haven't seen any of season three yet. Oh, so. so good. Yeah, so yeah, good. yeah. Well, I've got. I'm just waiting for to watch it all sort of in one. Watch it all sort of in one go. I don't. I don't have Facebook, and generally speaking, people don't. I think it strikes me that people on Facebook will talk about literally anything. Like they'll just, without even a second thought, go, "Wow, did you see how um, Tyrion got a win a piggyback race with you know Tywin Lannister? Um, wasn't that wasn't that awesome?" Um, and without sort of even thinking that maybe somebody didn't watch it the second that it that it came out, but G plus. In my experience, seems to, or maybe just the people I have in my circle, seem to be pretty good. Like I haven't had anything sort of spoiled about it at all. Yeah, uh, I I don't use Facebook at all. Uh, mm. So so I, I thankfully avoid everything. I've I've already read the third book, so I know what's happening. Like right. how and, close and, are the how close the two of them? I read I read some of the first I read some of the first book, and then for whatever reason I got sidetracked, and so I yeah. I, is it close at all? Like, is the first uh, piece of the first book seemed seemed pretty close, but then they, I mean, it's been a lot since then. Uh, they they've done a very good job of uh, if if they're not remaining true exactly to to the events uh, of the book, they're very much re- uh, remaining true to the spirit of of the book, right? Uh, which is which is good enough for me. Like they're they're hitting the important beats. Uh, and and uh, I, I think that that's way more valuable than perfect accuracy. Yeah. Uh, there's some stuff uh, with with uh, Theon Greyjoy that that you don't see in book three. I think some of that is from book four, and I think that they're doing things in a different way uh, right. to, to to keep that character relevant in the story because he doesn't show up in in the third book at all. They just right. mention him a couple of times. Uh, so is um. Are they sort of so they're like level pegging with books like Booker's series, or because they because they're going to run out soon, aren't they? I mean, well, not soon, but yeah. Well, they've they've got two more. They've got two more books after this one, uh, right? And and hopefully, Martin will have the, the next book finished before uh, before that yeah. uh, that ends. But they're uh, they're doing some some. Uh, probably smart things uh i guess books four and five take place concurrently uh in the timeline so they're uh they're taking those two books and kind of meshing them so what you Mm -hmm. see is happening in chronological order uh rather than uh you know two different stories happening in different places at the same time uh so yeah uh hopefully that will that will work out, uh, and it won't be the slog fest that apparently books four and five are. Uh, I have not read them because everybody mm. tells me that uh, they are the hardest to get through. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, did you watch the end of the office? I did not watch the end of the office. Mm. Uh, I, I basically what you're telling me is you you watch nothing and you know nothing. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. I uh, there's the. The upside of uh, of cutting the television cord is that we don't sit down and watch a whole lot of television. Uh, oh, okay. You don't have television. You've just got like whatever you can get on Netflix and stuff. Yep. 
yep, we uh, we don't even get over the air. Like we were too lazy to buy an antenna. And uh, oh. so, <laughs> so we, we pretty much uh, Netflix and Amazon instant video. Uh, right. And if we need to, uh, we, you know, have, keep certain movies on hand, like right. physical copies of it. Uh, most right. of the Pixar movies so that we can entertain our child. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, like for, cause I know that, um, the kids right now are into Adventure Time. Do you watch Adventure Time? I love Adventure Time. That show is amazing. Tell me about Adventure Time because I because it's a total mystery to me. Oh. Um, it strikes me that everybody in that show is a bad guy. Like, because all of the things that I'm used to seeing, like anybody that's angular when I was a kid, anybody that doesn't have round edges on them is a bad guy. <laughs> that, and so, like, I'm looking at this thing. There's this there's this Ice King, and I'm like, is that a bad guy or a good guy? He seems like he's a bad guy, but oh yeah, the, the Ice like King. Ice King is totally a bad guy and totally insane. Like, like he's crazy. He just kidnaps princesses all the time. That's all he does. Uh, but what about this? What about this lemon-headed guy? This lemon-headed guy is, is actually like when I don't I don't get sick very often. Um, <laughs> but when I do, but when I do get sick, I find that I have I have find that I have nightmares. And I think that next time I'm sick and I'm having a nightmare um, about something, it'll feature that lemon-headed guy because he just. I don't. I don't understand him. He's. He seems to be. He seems to be bad. But my children assure me that he's good. I'm trying uh, to. Which which lemon headed guy are you? This guy about? looks like he's got like he's got like lemons. Like he looks like he's got a like he's. Sh- Hello. <laughs> you're on. T- you're literally on TV. The world can see you. There's one person watching us, and they're going to see you. So you can say hi, and then you can run away again. Ready to say hello? <laughs> hello, world. Oh, my goodness. It's the whole wide world. Look, that's Siobhan. Say hi, Siobhan. Uh, well, this is what happens when you come down. We're, we're, we're making television right now. We're making television happen. Okay, so, so the, guy with the, lemon, the guy with the lemon head, what's his I- name? I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Lemon, his name is, apparently his name is Lemon Grab. My three-year-old assures me his name. Here, you can be part of this conversation about, uh, about, about Adventure Time. So there's a guy called Lemon Grab. Is that right? Uh, it must be in uh, later than I've gotten to see. I've only gotten to right. see like the first half of, of season right. one. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's already amazing. So I, I can only assume that later seasons also get amazing. Uh, so where do they live? Because I can't seem to make out where the uh, where the guys from Adventure Time actually live. Are they like having a dream about adventures, or are they regular? No, they're actually having adventures. Uh, I th- I think the the idea is that they're actually like it's a post apocalyptic world, uh, right? Which is which is weird. It's kind of like uh, what was that? Uh, what was that old like Thundar the Barbarian? Uh, where where it was it was uh, like a sci fi fantasy thing, but it was really. Earth after everything's been destroyed. Uh, right, by the dirty apes? Is, yeah, is, is kind of like that. Uh, dirty only, apes! Only instead of dirty apes <laughs> taking blow over, it up. <laughs> it's, uh, it's candy and space aliens uh, evolved into intelligent <laughs> things. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, like, I know it's weird, but as you watch it, like, if you pay attention, uh, there's actually some, some really, really, like, like, interesting writing going on. Right. Uh, like, I guess you find out later on that the uh, the the Ice King, who is totally insane and evil, uh, like he actually sacrificed his sanity to save somebody else's life. Right. Uh, and 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 everything. Oh, thank goodness! Thank goodness he's insane. Yeah. Because I was like, maybe I just don't understand the paradigm of this this program well enough to make sense of what's going on. But he is actually insane. It's not. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's he's totally nuts. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, at, at, at first everything just seems like it's, it's random and goofy and a lot of it is random and goofy. Uh, but, but the characters actually have, uh, have backstories and things that, that you don't, uh, you don't necessarily see until, you know, farther on down the road and that it makes stuff that happened earlier in the series make more sense. Does it kind of like work on two levels, like Pixar sort of stuff or? Uh, I, I don't, I think it does. It's, it's, it's not as deft as Pixar. Uh, sure. But, but really, really Pixar has perfected the art of let's make the adults feel terrible at the very beginning of a movie. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah, do yeah. a bunch of entertaining stuff for, for the kids 
Yeah. Uh, and then every once in a while I have something that, that punches you right in the parent button. Uh, <laughs> I, I still like the, the two things that like we, we have, uh, uh, our, our son watches, uh, Wally and, uh, and finding Nemo. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Wally. Oh God, um, it's so good. Is it so good? It's beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. We we uh, theoretically own it because we've got the video case somewhere, but that's really not very accurate around uh, <laughs> at least my place because we've got a video case library. We don't have a video library. We've got a video case, case library because library. every time I go to grab one, there's there's nothing. There's there's no video in it. So oh, yeah, okay. I've got an extensive collection of cases for movies if, I've never seen. Uh, if you uh, if 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 you find yourself in a position uh, where you need to replace that, you definitely do yourself a favor and watch it because Wally is uh, it's great. They uh, they manage to capture a whole bunch of of uh, really really emotional performances from two characters that have uh, maybe two lines. Right, like right. they they can say literally two things. Mm. Uh, Wally says uh, Eve a lot, and Eve says Wally and directive, and those are the only two lines either either of them have. Right, uh, and and but it's enough. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely enough. There's there's a scene that every time I I, I watch it, like I get choked up. Uh, and it's and it's two robots it's dancing. Robots. <laughs> it's two robots dancing, and I'm like, dancing robots. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, if you're watching uh, uh, Finding Nemo and you don't like, you don't get something in your eye every time Dory is like, you know, when I see you, I'm home. Uh, then you're a robot, uh, and I'm pretty sure you need to go to the scrap heap. <laughs> you're not a human being. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that I I've watched Finding. I mean, I think that. But is it more or less than Toy Story three? Uh, Toy Story three. I I I like Finding Nemo way more than I like Toy Story three. Really? Uh, I yeah, I do. Uh, I but my my viewing of Toy Story yourself. three. Well, my viewing of Toy Story three was tainted uh, by by a gentleman named Brian Brushwood, uh, who is he's an internet celebrity in his own right. Uh, right. But but he has this theory about the end of uh, <laughs> the the end of, of uh, Toy Story three, where it's very much like Brazil, uh, right, right, where, where everything at the end is actually like Woody's fever dream, as he's actually like getting yeah, melted yeah. in the incinerator. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then everything else is just imagination. Uh, no, Toy Story three was uh, was very good, uh, but right. but s- somehow like like the the whole father and son thing in in Finding Nemo, especially now that that I'm right. a dad. Like before, it was just pretty. Like it was like, right. oh, it's Pixar. They did a really good job of stuff. And now I'm like, oh god, I identify with these people. I mean, fish. <laughs> they're not people. They're fish. Remember, they're barracudas. Fish. I yeah. hate you all. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's uh, it's wild. I just didn't I didn't get that. Like I understand, uh, you know, Pixar has never done anything bad. Their worst thing is probably Cars. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. See, did did the movie Planes ever come out? Uh, I, I think it's coming out still because uh, like I was watching yeah. cars. Well, I don't want to say watching cars because it'd been accurate. The the video cars was was playing and there were the there were the credits, not the credits, sorry, the trailers ahead of time. And one of them was for planes. And I'm like, did they pretend they were going to? Did they say they were going to make that and they realized that cars was terrible and so they stopped with that? Or no, no, it's 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 coming out. See, uh, cars this. It's it's my least favorite Pixar movie, uh, but from the p- point of view of Pixar, it is their most successful franchise uh, because you can find Cars everything. Cars toys, Cars mm. boots, Cars clothes. Uh, I mean, you can find Toy Story to an extent, but mm. but Cars like kids kids will beg you to buy them Cars things, mm. uh, and it's. The the thing is that it's it's not bad. It's only bad when you compare it to other Pixar movies. If you compare yeah. it to pretty much anything else, it's a masterpiece. Uh, right. 
which which is hard. Like you can't you can't compare Pixar movies to other movies, even other computer animated movies. You can only compare them to each other. Yeah. Uh, so I just can't. Yeah, Cars. I don't get. I just don't get it. Like it seems so. I mean, anthropomorphic inanimate objects. As opposed. Yeah. I, I don't I don't get it either. Uh, Sorry, Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? Who am I to be uh, casting it? Um, yeah, I, I've always I always have trouble remembering that the word is aspersions because I always say nasturtiums, um, <laughs> uh, which are a type of flower. Um, so let's uh, talk about something uh, role playing ish, I suppose. Um, what about the new Dungeons and Dragons movie? Is there going to be one? Because you're more up in the play, up and play on that sort of stuff. Oh man, uh, yeah. this is this is sad. I actually own the the, the first Dungeons and Dragons movie. You're right. I own the first Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, it was that movie is terrible. It's so bad. I'll still watch it again. Is uh, that the Jeremy Irons one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's or, that's pretty much uh, here. Watch watch a bunch of crappy Marlon Wayans or Damon right. Wayans. No, it's Marlon Wayans. Uh, scenes and like fast forward those just so you can see Jeremy Irons like get on there and chew on the scenery for a bit. Right, right. Uh, oh yeah, that that movie is it's it's absolutely terrible, but it's D and D, so uh, you know I'll watch it. Um, I th- I think I think at least one of the Dungeon Dra- Dungeons and Dragons movies will come out. Uh, I don't have high hopes for <laughs> for its success. Uh, but what would it be? Well, what would the Dungeons and Dragons movie be? Because I was watching, uh, sorry, reading. It would be more accurate. I was reading a, an article that was released about the same time, and somebody saying, you know, releasing a Dungeons and Dragons movie because Dungeons and Dragons isn't a thing. No, right? like it no, doesn't. Like it doesn't have anything that makes it a thing. You know, uh, you know, there's there's stuff that I think they could make work. Uh, you know. Uh, Wizards of the Coast and 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 D and D in general, like the generic D and D game is is like that doesn't work because all you can do is take the tropes and be like, what's this movie going to be about? I don't know, a fighter, a wizard, a cleric, and a thief go to dungeons and fight <laughs> dragons. Like that doesn't make sense. Uh, but they have all of this expanded, like all these expanded campaign settings that they have novels built around. Uh, right. You know, they would. In my opinion, uh, my okay, Sean. There's a knock. There's a knock at your door, um, and uh, I've, I've played this before regarding Star Wars. But we'll yep. try to. There's a knock on your door, and it's um, uh, who's who's who owns the wizards? Is well, gonna- that's uh, that's that's in dispute because I think uh, Universal and Warner Brothers are both saying that they uh, that they have the rights to do it. Okay, uh, well, they they come and knock on your door, and they say, Sean, we like your style. You've got Hutzbar and Moxie. <laughs> You seem to have your head screwed on. You you know that Wally is uh, or Nemo is superior to Toy Story. Um, we'd like you to pitch us a Dungeons and Dragons film. We want to know all about um, how you're going to uh, reinvigorate this franchise for us. Uh, look, this the, guys, guys, guys. This is really simple. You guys have had, had you've been sitting on this the whole time. Right. I, I don't. Well, know we're, waiting, we're waiting for you to be ready, Sean. That's why. I, I am ready. Let let me. Uh, Can we come in? I mean, it's cold out here. Can we? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't let I don't let strange people into my house. Uh, but we're from we're from Warner Brothers and 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 Universal, and we've got a suitcase full of money. Look. Can we, all right, you got you got a suitcase full of money. You can come in, and I'll call over the dogs. Just you know, just to keep you in your place. Oh, dogs! I like dogs. That's all right. That's uh, good. Good because we've got three. Uh, so, all right, guys. So, so here's. Can, can here's we your, sit down? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't have any furniture, but you know, you're I'm welcome. To, yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's fine. Uh, all right. Let me let me grab you a slice of pizza. Uh, what? Uh, can I a coffee? Uh, it's co- oh, hot chocolate, maybe. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, okay, all right. Well, let's get to this. Let's get to this picture. Sorry, Sean. Look, I, I can, I can, I can afford this once you hand over the the suitcase full of money. I'll tell you that much. Right sure. Now. Okay. Well, we'll hang on to Look, it for now. Let's hear this pitch. All right. So you guys have been sitting on uh, a whole bunch of New York Times bestselling novels uh, by by R. A. Salvatore, uh, right. fe- featuring the the the, the dark elf Tristan Orden, right? 
Well, uh, we're worried about him particularly because um, most of the marquee um, play, most of the most of the marquee sort of advertising type stuff. Not many places have two Zs. They've only got one Z um, in their set, so we're concerned about that. Uh, you know what? Can uh, we take a Z out? Are both of them necessary? Yes, they are both necessary. You're just going to have to deal. You're Can we add a vowel? No. Oh. No, you can't. Uh, People can't relate to to. It's look, you 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 you've got you've got stories. Right, Dennis, that, could we call him Dennis the Elf? Uh, you know what? It's it it's your property. You do what you want with it. I'm just telling you what's going to make money and what's going to okay, make right. money. Okay, is so we got these seeing, books. You've got you've got Elf. these books. What people want to see are books on the big screen. You, right. You just, oh all right. Just I see what you're doing. Make, make the goddamn movie of the book that you have already sold millions of copies of. Uh, right. And then you will also sell more books. And people will be like, oh, wait, this is a game too? Uh, and you will sell more games. We're so, thinking about merchandising though, Sean. Really, the money's in the merchandising. What are we going to merchandise? Because Dungeons and Dragons already is merchandise. So Yes, you know. I know. And, and, and you've already got merchandise with this character on it. You're just, you don't have to make anything new. This is the beauty of this. The only thing that you have to make new is the movie, which is essentially an advertisement for the stuff that you already have with this character on it. So, right. uh, yeah, you uh, you don't have to make something crappy. I mean, not not. I mean, let's face it. The 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 Drista Warden books, uh, when you compare to all of the fantasy literature out there, probably not the top of the barrel, but definitely not the bottom of the barrel. Uh, it's it's pretty much mid range. Uh, it's right. uh, it's big with the young adult crowd. Uh, right. It's it's got even. Can we put vampires in it? Uh, I believe that there may be some uh, of the books with with vampires in them. If not vampires, there's demons. I know there's demons in those books. I've read them. Well, vampires are really hot right now. What about wizards? Uh, you wizards. know, with the ending of the the wizards. Oh yeah, there's totally wizards. Are they are they children? Wizards. City of wizards. Are they are they children wizards that their audience could relate to? Uh, you can certainly put them in. I know that there's at least one wizard that is uh, that is comedy gold uh, in there. Right. Who who are we gonna? What was his name or her name? Uh, I can't remember. It's been years since I read them. You've got the books. Go back and read them. You you would know. Who uh, got, who would you want to play this wizard? Uh, play the wizard. This mm. young wizard that's amusing. Uh, well, he's not one of those Disney really... kids like Drake or Josh. No, hang on, they're not kids anymore; they're adults. Um, no, no. Uh, well, well, and this guy's going to be going to be older. I think you should get somebody like uh, I don't know who doesn't really have a career anymore. Dustin Hoffman. Like, you think Dustin Hoffman like 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 make him look young? No, I think I think you you make don't don't worry about making him look young. You've got you've you've got like your your main characters uh, can be played by by a young and attractive black man. Uh, who do you have somebody in particular in mind for that? I, I don't, uh, but I'm sure that there is one. If there are young, attractive white guys, there are definitely young, attractive black guys that that could that could play the lead, uh, and that uh, would be like, awesome. Are you thinking because, like Drake? Uh, sure, I, I guess. Uh, or or um, uh, what about what about uh, most Mister Most Definitely uh, Most Most Def Most uh, Def. Uh, most Def's a little, little old. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love Most Def, but but don't all don't elves have to be really old or something? Like, could wouldn't they? Uh, be? Yeah, but they always look young. Like, just oh. look, yeah, just 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 get a dude. You you can find a dude that can do it. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. You can find a dude that can do it. Uh, okay. you've, you've got a you've got a big tall blonde Thor looking guy that is his sidekick. Uh, all right. That's that's not hard to do. That those guys are a dime a dozen. You could probably get get Chris Helmsworth to do it. Uh, because really he's got Thor going on and uh, right. nothing else at the moment. Um, right. you, you've got a dwarf, which of course can be played by John Rice Davies because what else can John Rice Davies play? Uh, got an attractive redhead who's a character in the story. Uh, I mean, you're, you're set. You've, you've, you've even got, you've even got a fat little hobbit. Like it is practically Lord of the Rings uh, with, uh, with, with more action here, here, here it is picture. You're doing Lord of the Rings. Uh, okay, 
but but you get uh, oh what is the guy's name the the director of of three hundred and Watchmen, uh, the the guy that uses way too much slow motion. Um, um uh, I don't. It, it doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, well, Frank Miller. You, Frank, there would no, be like Frank, multiple directors for the. For, uh, Frank Miller wrote the comic books, uh, or at least uh, for for three hundred. Yeah. Uh, right. I, got, I don't know who this person is. It got all this. Who's the slow motion? Uh, I can't remember the director's name, but but get him to do it. Can uh, we put Vin Diesel in this movie? Because uh, I've heard that Vin Diesel liked, likes Dungeons and Dragons. Can you put Vin Diesel in this movie? Yes, Vin Diesel would make an excellent Artemis Centauri, the main character's foil. Oh, so he's going to be a bad guy? Yeah, yeah. Which which people dig? I mean, I mean, Riddick's not exactly the, the nicest guy in the world, and and uh, sure, and he's got his own movie. Uh, right, which actually looks pretty badass. If you don't so, so, so well, what, uh, which, sto- what story are we going to make? Uh, I think, uh, I think you guys are going to make uh, probably uh, the 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 first book that uh, the Dark Elf showed up in uh, the Crystal Shard. Uh, it's pretty good. You might want to bring in some elements from the second book, Streams of Silver, because it was a little more entertaining, a little more, a little more of a journey book. The first one was a little more of a war book. Uh, right. But uh, but there was there was a dragon in the first book, which we want dragons. Dragons are hot yeah. right now. Yep, yep. Uh, there there are both dungeons and dragons in. There in are dungeons because I was worried about that. We see we had the dra- we, uh, including dragons was important, but also including dungeons of of some kind now. Um, how big should do we? How big should we make this the dungeon piece of it? Because we don't lose uh, our audience. You, uh, I wouldn't make it too big. Uh, there's there's actually a couple of, of of dungeons, so you can split it up, right? Because there's the lair of a big dragon that that a couple of characters go and 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 fight, uh, which which is a real a really good like little little set piece battle. And then there's uh, a whole like group of dwarven halls. Uh, and then you can you can split that up with like with like the 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 demons and, and armies of evil people attacking these 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 towns, and it all takes place in a frozen tundra, uh, which is uh, which is interesting because you don't have to film it in uh, New Zealand uh, and make it look like Lord of the Rings and shoot right. the sheep. Uh, right. So what? Um, so why did the other Dungeons and Dragons movies not work then? Like, because they were terrible. But what do we but, have to avoid, though? Uh, first of all, you have to avoid anybody with the last name of Wayans. Uh, okay. Because, because there are a lot of Wayans. There are a lot of Wayans. It's really, you can't, like, you can't walk through Hollywood without tripping over a Wayans. It's weird. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, definitely avoid any Wayans. Uh, really avoid anybody who had anything to do with the first movie uh, or the second movie. Or the third movie. The third movie? There's a third movie? There, uh... Yes, there is a third movie. It's called Book of Vile Darkness. Uh, and it's bad. It's, it's really, really bad. Uh, <laughs> like... Like, really bad. Like, I couldn't even tell you what was going on. Uh, oh, so it's incomprehensible and bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think somebody stuck it up on YouTube. I don't know if it has been been removed since then oh <laughs> I, uh, I never even heard of it uh yeah well uh now you have now you can check youtube and watch mm. that and uh suffer like i have suffered i watched the whole thing and i still couldn't tell you what it was about would it be better for this to be a television program perhaps than a film uh, uh yeah yeah that would be awesome because game of thrones seems to be quite popular uh yes game of thrones is incredibly popular and uh i think it would do Probably not quite as well. Uh, there's there's not quite so many surprises. It's a much more safe property. Uh, right. The one of the appeals of Game of Thrones is that nobody is safe in that. Like nobody has plot immunity. Right. Uh, they, they pretty much everybody has plot sword hanging over their head in, mm. in Game of Thrones. Uh, you know this is this is definitely a heroic thing. Avoid Raimi's Sam Raimi or. Well, whatever his brother's name is, avoid them. Uh, 
they also also poison for Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, yes, I th- I think so. I think so. Uh, you know, they they executive produced uh, the TV series that was based on Terry Goodkin's uh, sort of truth novels, uh, right. and that show was also terrible. Um, right. Yeah. So so avoid them at all costs. Uh, so television, so television or movie? Then I'm I'm, I'm on the fence now. Uh, ooh, I'm a little on the fence too. Uh, I think uh, movie trilogies are always good. Uh, you you've got you've got a built-in trilogy with with this. Uh, there's actually several trilogies. You could keep this franchise going for a long time because there's the three the three original books, Streams of Silver. Uh, uh, what what is it? The Crystal Shard, Streams of Silver, and the Halfling's Gem. That that is one complete trilogy featuring these characters. Uh, and then there is the the prequel series that just follows Driss the Dark Elf back, you know, from his childhood and, and going from his underground home to the surface, uh, which you can you can probably make a bunch of money on uh, and and have like, like a, a prequel, never, perhaps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A prequel trilogy. There's three books in each of these. Uh, right. so you got a lot of material, a lot of material to work with, material with a built-in audience. So, which is the best book? Shouldn't we start with that one? Uh, mm, that is a good question. I'm not sure which which one the best book is because I haven't read all. Like that character has been around for uh, since 1984. I think is when the first mm. book came out, 84, 85. So you're you're looking at at what 20, 30 years almost of of uh, uh, of of this particular character's escapades, right? Uh, hijinks, so, if you will. Yeah, hijinks, hijinks. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't. I I'm not shenanigans? sure. Shenanigans? Will there be shenanigans as well as hijinks in escapades? Could be, could be shenanigans. Uh, and I and I think you you uh, it's it's kind of a coin flip whether you want to do the stories in chronological order and start with the the beginning of the Dark Elf trilogy, which is uh, effectively the prequel series. Um, hmm. which is which is pretty good, uh, right? Or if you want to start with the original series and then and then go back and show what happens, because then there's books that happen like that move back forward after the the original three books. Uh, hmm. And what about um, what about the Dragonlance books? Would they be more suitable for a film? Uh, there was an animated Dragonlance uh, Dragons of Autumn something something. Uh, I don't remember. Dragons what of Autumn Flying. Yeah, was that the name of the first book? Yes, uh, that was. Uh, that uh, was actually an animated feature uh, made of that. And, was it? Oh, it was god awful. <laughs> Why well, is it just? Is it just nobody can do a good job of Dungeons and Dragons, or is it just that there aren't that that too many people just there aren't enough people that actually know something about Dungeons and Dragons? To make there's, a Dungeons and Dragons film, they miss the most important bits. Uh, I, I, I think you have you have two things going on, right? Uh, the the people who will care about the property uh, are Dungeons and Dragons fans, right? Right, right. Uh, the problem with Dungeons and Dragons fans is that they uh, they love the thing so much uh, mm. that they won't be able to compromise, right? That's right. Unforgiving, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> then you've got you know the studio execs who you know they're they're making an investment in in having this property right, uh, right? like they have to buy the rights for it uh, right. and they have to they have to shell out for for production and uh, I mean everybody else in that first movie was a nobody but man I, I bet Jeremy Irons cost a pretty penny right. uh, which I'm guessing is where all the budget went. Uh, yeah. to, to pay Jeremy Irons to like hate working on that movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like, like they don't care. They don't care about uh, about you know the 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 spirit of of what it is they're producing. They just want to they just want to see them get their money back. Right. Uh, and and I think you need you need people that are uh, can and will strike that balance. Uh, you know that's that's what we see in successful uh, successful franchises. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like uh, you know the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy, right. uh, 
was was excellent. Not true to the comic books, right? Uh, it, you know, it was it was definite. It was definite like reinterpretation of of you know the every character in in you know the from the Batman comics, uh, right? But it made really really good movies, right? Uh, I think uh, the the new Superman is probably going to be the same way. Uh, where we're not going to see the same things, you know, presented in the same way that that they would have in the comic books or or even in the uh, in the original Christopher Reeve movies. Mm. Uh, you know, you're you're going to see somebody. Uh, God, I can't remember his name because it's the same director as Three Hundred. Uh, mm. But but yeah, like it's going to be a new interpretation of it, and I think that that's that's what you need. You need somebody who is willing to, to look at it and uh, look at the material and say, like, this is going to make, this is what will make this a good movie. Right. Uh, you know, while, while still remaining true to, uh, to the spirit of what's going on. If, if not the, uh, the, the letter of it, the nerds want right. the letter of it. Right. Uh, because, um, uh, we actually, uh, we actually play Dungeons and Dragons, both of us. Well, we do role, role playing in general. And what we're really yeah. interested in, in happening is finding some kind of property that we can develop, which is going to increase the number of people that are interested in the hobby itself. Well, yeah. What, I mean, do we have, what do we have to do to try and bring role playing into the mainstream? Make it something that people are going to start start doing more, like across the board. Um, do we want that to even happen first of all and if we do um, then how are we going to make that happen can we do that with a, can we do that with a, an existing property or do we have to um, go somewhere else altogether I, I think I think these things need to happen uh, happen in small steps I mean uh, Dungeons and Dragons is is an easy uh, it's 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 an easy thing to, to point at uh, because it's the 800 pound gorilla, right? Like mm. nobody, nobody, nobody who is not already involved in the hobby knows, you know, burning wheel. They barely probably know white wolf stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, none uh, aside from D and D, nothing besides D and D is going to, uh, it has any kind of, of, you know, mass cultural cachet right. uh, outside of the people who are already in the little, RPG echo chamber, right? Mm, mm. Uh, so it seems it seems to me that the best thing uh, the best thing for for widening the audience are are baby steps. Uh, you know, Will Wheaton's show on the Geek and Sundry Network. Uh, occasionally, they they've done a couple of RPGs. They've done Fiasco and they've done uh, the Dragon Age RPG. Right, uh, right, right. I don't know if they've done, if they've done any others yet. I'm sure that they will at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that the 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 super technical games are the ones that are going to grab the biggest audience. Uh, I don't expect Burning Wheel to ever be like the thing that you know moms play with their with their kids, right? Uh, if they're not you know my family, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I do think that that things like Fiasco will be played. Uh, much more broadly because it's got a much broader appear appeal. It's it's much easier to uh, to to understand. It's it's much more accessible. Mm. Uh, it draws on things that that more people have familiarity with. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think in terms of of expanding the hobby into uh, into new audiences, like you know, D and D isn't isn't going to do it. D and D will always have its core core audience of of nerds like me who wanted to have a power fantasy when they were when they were teenagers, right? Right. Uh, and and I like I say that, and I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Right. Uh, no, know, it's I, better than taking a gun and shooting defenseless animals to. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, anyway. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, I I I think it's 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 always. Role playing in general has always been a hobby of of, of outcasts. It's just that uh, the nerds are becoming much less and less outcast these days. Mm. Uh, right, right. You know, I think the question is whether uh, 
as long as that property stays healthy as as a game, I think I think everything's going to be okay. Like, right. uh, if we'll at least you know stay where we're at uh, as far as numbers of people in the hobby, rather than rather than the hobby shrinking. Uh, and and I think the internet helps a lot with that uh, because any time that you can spread ideas uh, is good, and the internet is great for spreading ideas. Right. So. Uh, so yeah, like I'm, I'm not worried as as, as far as that goes. Uh, right. I would, I would, I would absolutely love to see a D and D movie uh, done well because even though I don't play D and D per se, you mm. know, anymore, like it was still a big part of my childhood, and sure. I want to see big parts of my childhood. Like I want to see other people love the things that I loved. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it done well. Uh, I don't have high hopes for it being done done well. Uh, but I'd love to be surprised. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think we all would. Um, and I think that'll do it for uh, for the uh, episode 65 there of uh, of Penny Red. So uh, tune in again uh, next week. Uh, we may have some more role-playing type stuff. Maybe we'll have some more movie stuff. Who knows? We'll just have to, just have to take us as you find us. I'm not sure who exactly it'll be at this point, but uh, until then, keep talking the walk. Thanks, Sean. Thank you.